What are you anticipating seeing you know, amongst the New Zealand teams, given you've, you've given all that about the All Blacks? Oh, just so many good young players, mate. I don't know how you do it there. Oh, I do, because you've got three of the biggest uh, academies in the world. Fiji, Samara and Tonga. We're not bad. We were waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Hello and welcome to another Dropped Kickoff podcast. Uh, we've had a crazy couple of rounds of rugby union football and we've got another crazy round this weekend. And as always, to talk about it, I've got Nathan Williamson. Nathan, you've been a bit busy lately, haven't you? Yeah, there's a bit going on, isn't there? You know, there's been sevens, there's been Wallaroos, there's been junior Wallabies today. Well, it's time recording. Like, mate, we're covering all bases and it's been good. Hell yeah, and I'm also joined by Nicholas Vasiliev. Uh, and Nathan, I mean, sorry, Nicholas. Um, you've been Both a bit busy, haven't you? How busy have you been, mate? Mate, it, it's hard. It's hard going and, and making memes on a regular basis and trashing, and trashing uh, you know, so, super rugby clubs and equivalent uh, as well as everyone else. But no, no, it's been good. It's been a, uh, it's been a very fun fortnight working at the Raw, having a lot of fun. And... Yeah, we get, who'd have thought, getting paid to watch rugby for a living. Strange times we live in. Yeah, sounds like a nutmeg to me, club. if you ask Join me. Join that club. Join that club. <laughs> nah. Nah. The, the chat went nuts on Saturday night because we, we were all watching. It was like, <laughs> oh, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I missed it. I was out of vivid. Living my life. Anyway, so <clears throat> uh, let's, let's crack onto it. Let's crack onto it. Uh, we'll start with everyone's favourite team, the Reds. Uh, so the week before last, they played the lose and they lost to them. I I just really think, just beyond that, that they really should do something really cool with the Blues, like some colour derby, like, and they could put money to like people, like blind people, like Fred Hollows Foundation or something like that. I reckon they could do something really cool with that. Or what's that Indian festival that has like all the paint? Oh yeah. They should do something, something really not cool. Not Darwin, but something similar to that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think they should do um, something really cool. Holly, Holly, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but they yeah, don't. Just call, saying, it, call like, it the color derby. Call it the color yeah. derby. It's like one of the best. One of the best things I think the A League has done is is like those type of things. You have the distance derby between Perth and Wellington. <laughs> so I think it's the longest trip. And you have. The I think F3 the uh, the next longest one is like Russia. Yeah, like it's bizarre, but it's great. You have a. And you have the F three derby, which its trophy is like a bit of the bit of the road itself. It is so <laughs> bizarre, but it's it's incredible. Like yeah. that's got to that's got to be the most Newcastle thing I've ever heard ever. <laughs> Just like, of it's course, if you compete for a trophy, well, you make that you has make a piece of out of coal, coal, don't you? Yeah, yeah, no, you do, mates. It's the Steel City, my friend. Anyway. This is where it's we are. So, but again, the primary the primary battle. You know, some you need something to do with like the primary colours, like battle. It should one hundred percent just be a fun little rivalry. Create a trophy. Oh, the trophy. Yeah, create a trophy, but it has to be purple. Yeah, yeah. The, the ref has to wear oh, purple yeah. or something. That's a great idea. I, we're under something here. <laughs> Actually, I'm looking at this F three tubby. It's it's concrete. I think that's that. That's move great. over and I move over toast rack. I never <laughs> thought I'd say this, but that has got to be the best trophy. Uh, behind the seen. Puma trophy, come on. Oh, yeah. Non-Puma so, related trophies. Non, those... In terms of non-Puma, non-animal related trophies, 
this I mean, it's a bit sad that you can't even like balance a beer on the top of it just because the concrete is like so broken at the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought. For those that for those that haven't seen it, when we say it is a piece of concrete, that's it. That's so all it is. Literally got, amazing. Okay, no, but even better, right? They've got a little white plinth and <laughs> on left side it says Central Coast, right side says Newcastle. Then attached to that plinth is a cylinder of concrete. Um, and then on the little placard, the placard is, I don't know if it's actually anything, but it looks like um, high-vis tape, which they've printed F3 t- Derby on it. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, so, sorry, Reds. <laughs> talked, we talked about the Reds first uh, for the first time ever, probably, and we talked about a completely different sport. So they lost to the, the Blues, um, and then on the weekend, very disappointingly, um, perhaps a little bit unfairly, we get into that. They lost to the Highlanders. Um, uh, Nick, actually, I'll start with you this time. Um, what did you think of this game? Or what did you think of either of them? I think probably Highlanders talk about that because it's in our memories a bit more. Oh, the Highlanders. Well, <clears throat> like I wasn't expecting the the, the Reds to, uh, to to win against the Blues, um, but I did think they, they made a game of it. And then and, uh, until, of course... The, the Blues ran away with it. But this Highlanders game hurt. Um, it, this sucked, uh, in all honesty. Uh, because I think what was so uh, frustrating about it is that it, it was a game that I think the Reds, well, they should have won. Just some serious moments of absolute brilliance. I mean, some of the tries that you saw in this game were fantastic. And just what, but what, shocked me was that that second half was just a huge opportunity lost. Um, and I think part of that lies in the Landers, you know, they had a really great second half fight back and I think their set piece as well put in a really strong shift. But uh, the again, the I think it's, it's the problem that not only the Force are dealing with and the Rebels are dealing with, but now the Reds of just inconsistency week to week uh, is... So frustrating. You've beaten New Zealand's best, and now you've lost New Zealand's worst, and it's a it's now effectively a sudden death clash in Fiji next week uh, against yeah. Fiji. Yeah, yeah, crazy. We'll, we'll get on to Fiji later. We've got to build up to that. This is like this podcast. Everyone is going to be like a, se- uh, a season of the wire. Um, but <laughs> uh, Nathan, yeah, actually, so Nick said inconsistent, but I just remembered they. Three people got injured uh, against the Highlanders, and one dude even broke a vertebrae in his neck. Uh, do you have any kind of update on that, or any comments on? So, I mean, first the update. Um, let's start with positive news. Um, Tate McDermott's and came up with a HIA. He's passed essentially every sort of step necessary to play in Fiji. So he, again, he he's a decent chance of lining up on Saturday. Uh, Liam Wright is gone dislocated shoulder um that's this classic sublaction which i think someone on this pod has has history with knows that it's not not a comfortable injury to come back from they're horrible absolutely horrible what's what's your count at five i've had five subluxes (laughs) and (laughs) every single one ever like even if you if there's been like a nine-year gap or like a two-year gap they suck Absolutely sucks. I, I used to play with a guy who would just get, he'd just dislocate his shoulder. 
but I don't I think it was way more than five. Like he'll be doing nothing. He'll just be standing around and it would happen. And you just hear the ah ah <laughs> back in. It's just and he'd take him off and then just put him back on, himself on. But yeah. It's some Anyways. people I know people who could I know people who could do it for, as a party trick. Because I've done it that many times. Oh, and just the, oh. Yeah, it's it's no, don't be doing it on this pod. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> that's another that's but another there's... pod. That's a special episode. <laughs> we get to talk about blood in one. Injury <laughs> injury special. Comes with an injury warning. <laughs> and then the last one, kind of vest, which is again probably the most serious one. Like that's they there's walked off the field, which again, Reds are not happy about, by the way. They are quite frustrated that the ref essentially and Harry Wilson said it today, that the referee essentially hurried him off the field when it was quite clearly he had a neck injury. And, you know, sure enough, stretch into the ambulance and scans confirmed a fracture of his C7 vertebrae. So not good. But looks like he's avoided surgery. So that's a that's a that's a positive. But yeah, again, a rough game, which with all said and done, with you know, down both co captains, down one of your your sort of un- unsung heroes of your type five. God, the Reds still should have won this game. When you, they fought hard. They, you know, 90 seconds ago, ball comes out. Just dive on the ball. Don't do anything silly, Hunter. And he just lets it go. Mm. Oh, like, it's one of those ones. But Tom Liner deserved so much more credit for that ice penalty. That, that 40, 45-minute penalty he just nails as a 20-year-old kid. That should, that should be the story of this game. Instead... It's another, another case of an Australian team putting themselves in a great position to win a game, just unable to close it out. And sure enough, the script writers foretold, you know, if Aaron Smith couldn't score it, why not his mini-me goes over? And it's just, it was the worst. I think I said this, I said this to a couple of people in the lead-up. This was the game, in terms of Australian rugby, you need to win the most. It would And a number of counts. It locked the Reds in it, into the final spot. Room. It, you know, kept the Rebels alive. I mean, they're still alive, but it's now got one more result to worry about. And to lose in that way hurts. That's the best way to say it. It just hurts. Yeah. Um, it, it's a big pain with the Reds. They haven't really kicked on to what they have. I think they're a better team than the Waratahs, and the Waratahs seem to kind of keep their necks above water. Um, but, um, yeah, very disappointing. Um, let's move on now to uh, the Tars. So the Tars won against the Drill last week. I went to that game. Um, Nathan, you were there too. You were very busy that day. It was so good. The vibe was so, 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 so good. Uh, real good fun. Um, I don't know if anything to comment other on that on that game or too late. Anyway, we can move on to the Crusaders. So. My only point was going to be how good Max Jorgensen is and how much it's going to suck that now he's now out for the rest of the Super season. Mike Mark probably played himself out of a Wallabies jersey. He had a pretty crap game. Talking about uh, Tom Liner before kicking the penalty for the Reds and that kind of story. The Waratahs, I don't think, hit a conversion. And if they no, did, it could, have been, it could have been competitive for a lot of that game. But yeah, I don't know what to say about the Tars. Kind of that game kind of went not as bad as I went because it wasn't forty point drubbing. I think there's two points to be made on the Tars. Firstly, 
you, again, you can tell the difference not having a Hooper and a decent centre combination has together. Like, I, people I wonder, oh, what does Michael Hooper does? He doesn't get the pilfers, he doesn't do that. But the two games he's missed this year, the World Charts have looked shit out. And, you know, don't forget in 2021, when they didn't win a game, Hooper was in Japan. He has such an impact on that team, it's not funny. You then combine that with Izzy and um, Lalakai Fikedi being out, and all of a sudden, the chase, the kick chase, they just carved them up in the middle, which those guys are very good at kind of managing and organising. And then, again, losing Jorgensen as well. Again, that's a he's out for 10 weeks with a... He's done his MCL, so that's probably... Probably not going done. to the World Cup. Not going to the World Cup. Shoot, Shield will probably over. So just kind of... Just put, put cotton roll in him and just say, all right, next year. Next year, you're good. Um, you then lose his boot at the back, and they just kind of kicked straight down the throats and kind of went, all right, Crusaders, pick your side. And they just tore him apart. I yeah. think this is also... Uh, the second point is that whole sort of argument around resting. You know, a lot of people kind of blew up that they took a second-string team over to, the, to Auckland to face the Blues. But I'm, I'm of the belief that, you know, we talked about the fitness of the Waratahs. Um, I'm of I'm the belief after, you know, a tough game against Fiji, a couple of similar, similar results. You look at take people like that Reds game um, in Townsville. There's, it showed. It really showed towards the back end of those halves when they just kind of got, just rolled over in the contact battle and just allowed the Crusaders to just play with them. But I like... Again, there's still a lot of positives for the Waratahs. You know, they're, they're locked in a six no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. if you can get you have those players back, they'll, they'll be firing. But, God, Jorgensen's a big loss. Yeah, and I can't... Don't forget the loss of Angus Bell. Mm, yeah. Mm. Anyway, yeah, Nick, talk to me. Well, adding on that point, just the the, the... the most frustrating part was not necessarily the... Like I agree with you though, those players without not not being included meant that the Tars lacked a lot of punch. But what was particularly frustrating was how much the Tars strayed from the game plan when the Crusaders put them under pressure, um, and they started making really silly mistakes. When they actually stuck to structure. They actually looked pretty solid. Like the the two the two main tries that they scored, uh, the the first one to Gordon, off the set piece, and then the the second try in the second half, the, the next try in the second half, which was a was it was a was a stellar try. It was a really solid team effort. But then they would do things like terrible tactical kicking, um, lack of clarification in the game. Kicking wasn't good all game. The kicking was, was terrible atrocious. all game. And not only that, it was like, considering how you've seen how this task side has played, like, it was clearly not thought through, like, what they were doing. They were clearly either under pressure by, put under pressure by the Crusaders or they were just kind of flailing around aimlessly trying to find a solution to the problem. Either way, uh, no wonder they got 40 put on them. They were shit. And I anticipate, anticipate the I anticipate this loss in, like in momentum, considering how well they've been looking for the last few weeks. They're not going to make it past quarters. Quarters is where they bow out. I'm just calling it here because they haven't got the momentum. I, they haven't got the momentum and the and the and the, and the strength to, to potentially push for, for semis. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like you talk about momentum. They won four games before that. 
Like, it's not like one loss isn't going to make it. Like, realistically, they're going to go into the finals with the last six games winning five. If you say that in any other context, that's momentum. Right? Mm. Yes, but think and about those. But think about those. That's a whiskey lemonade about at about wins. 11 p.m. at night. But think about those wins, though. Um, like, you've got a, a Highlanders team that is probably, by the admission of everybody, not playing very well. You've got a Reds team which is woefully inconsistent. You've got a Rebels team that is woefully inconsistent. And you've got a Drew side that struggles to win on the road. Like, you should be putting away those games, and the Waratahs justly did so. But they needed a big scout. They needed a top four scout. That's what they need if they're really going to be a serious contender. Um, I don't think they've got the, the strength to make it to semis. I think we're going to see them in sixth, and, and they'll probably, you know, they're going to may, maybe get a win this weekend. Um, you'd, you'd hope they get a, week, a win this weekend against the lineup. Um, but I'm just considering how they're playing, the level of intensity they're playing, and then also what happens when they're put under pressure, I just do not see them progressing past quarters at the moment. Yeah, unless um, like, Angus Bell finds like that, you know, that tent Homer had? Gives him magical sexual sexual powers. Unless Angus Bell can find that, I don't think. Don't you mean Tolu? I think you mean Tolu, mate. Yeah, 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 Tolu. I mean, that's what I'm missing. If we have Tolu in the team, put Tolu in the team. Put put Tolu at outside center. Put Tolu in the team. Game changer. Fucking game changer. (laughs) Can you imagine throwing a cutout pass and he just turns around and? <laughs> it goes forward, of course. <laughs> Can't do it. Um, anyway, let's let's move on to Brumbies. Uh, so two losses in a row for the Ponies down there because they lost to the Force and then lost to the Chiefs. Uh, so as I previously stated, Nicholas Vasiliev, I was out on Saturday night, so I didn't see this game. So talk to me. How were the Chiefs and how was the Force and what's going on? This. This is it. This, uh, it, it was a play by Stephen Larkin to try and uh, go for that win and if, to go for, uh, to shore up a top two spot. And they have not only uh, failed with the play, they've broken both of their legs. This is, this here is a solid diamond of shit when it comes to the last fortnight of performances. Um, sending uh, an understrength side over to Perth, um, I mean, yes, I can see what they were trying to do, but oh, just I, just the lack of, I, I just, I'm worried, really, really worried now uh, for, for how the Brumbies are in terms of the depth of the squad because when put under pressure, that, that second, those, those players did something that is very uncharacteristic of the Brumbies. They panicked. They panicked and looked aimless and rudderless on the field. And it was it was really, really telling when the force was starting to run all over them at set piece and really kind of uh, be physical, aggressive, and out-muscle them. And the force deserved to win that game. They played an extremely um, dis- well-disciplined and aggressive performance at home, and they absolutely deserved it. And thinking at the time, I kind of was thinking, well, you know, I can see what the Brumbies were trying to do, but that means if you were prepared to send a weaker squad to this side, then it's all on this game. It's all on this game against the Chiefs because it has to pay off here. Um, and 
it didn't. The first of all, credit to the Chiefs' defense. I thought the Chiefs' defense was absolutely stellar. The Brumbies had a vast, uh, probably the vast majority of the possession in this game, and they didn't look like they were going to get anywhere. It was just a point where instead of uh, a bit of kind of putting a bit of structure into their attack, they tried to force passes. They tried to craft something from nothing, and it played right into the Chiefs' hands. And it was a really, it was again. They even the main squad started to panic in the in that second well, half. Well, as Eddie Chain says, possession is overrated. Um, but uh, Nathan, quickly, uh, Brumbies, Brumbies, Chiefs, what's going on? Tell me, talk to me. I mean, Nick's kind of hit, hit the nail on the hammer there. They just kind of nail on the hammer, Chiefs. Um, now, Nick's Nick's. Spot on there. It's one of those one of those games where the Chiefs just def- were defensively a rock. Like the Brumbies had chances. They, you know, they. I really liked how they've varied up their attack um, this year. With you know, they've got a, a an X factor in Corey Tool that allows them to counter a lot more effect- effectively. They, you know, aren't relying on the rolling more. They can kind of play out the back. They can do a whole different stuff. But it's just one of those things. When I got into the twenty two, just didn't click. The no. Chiefs just had had an answer for everything. Like, they had no issue getting to the 22. They were rolling. But, yeah, just couldn't find that kind of next layer to break the incredible goal line day from the Chiefs. And just yeah. kind of on the on the points you were saying before about the resting, it, I tend to agree, but with kind of a, a, one caveat. If the thing with it, like resting players at this point is it you've now, if you make a final, you, no one's going to remember... Oh well, they rest. They rest all these players against the force. You know, if you you make it, they make it further than they did last year. It's, no one's going to remember that. But a god, they've made life hard for them. So much harder than they needed to be. You've now, instead of as you said, instead of having a potentially semi-final locked up, you're probably at at a minimum you're having to go in the semi-final on the road. You might, you might have to have a quarter on the road if kind of results don't go their way. You just again, you then having to trying to win a playoff game in New Zealand, which no Australian team's done. You're making life very hard for yourself. But, I mean, if they get it done, fair play to them, and then they'll, they'll look like geniuses. But it's a massive if. It's a massive if. It's a massive if. I think they've, they've stuffed their shot at the title. I'm going to call it now. I, I genuinely believe... I do not believe that with... Just because there are suddenly things starting to emerge in this Brumby squad that lacks structure, cohesion, and more, but more specifically, just a trusting in the system the the last fortnight. Um, Will that turn around? I mean, look, every week is a new week and there's always a chance to reset and there's a chance to, to, and, you know, a a game upcoming this weekend they've got against a, you know, a a very, you know, very strong uh, and a team that has shown a lot of consistency, but, a very beatable rebel side um, might give them that shot in the arm they need to rediscover that mojo. But as they're currently playing now, we're going to look at a all New Zealand final. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to say. They might make it to semis. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably the most adjectives that the rebels have ever had. Um, Nick, just then. <laughs> so congratulations. Um, so moving on. Oh, actually it's rebels. Um, so they lost to the Highlanders uh, again. Very disappointing, uh, but they won this weekend away to the Force. I also didn't get to see this game. 
uh, as I was out with my life. We get uh, it. You have a life. Yeah. Boring. Just watching rugby for work. Um, uh, Ooh, my name's Nick. I have a life. Mm, yeah, God. I'm Nick. I, I, have, I, I, can, I hang out with my family and I like to think about my future. Look at me. So happy. Pathetic. Pathetic. Um, and what are you doing? If you're not watching rugby on a Saturday night, you're doing nothing with your life. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, uh, anything to say for the Rebels? Uh, they're, they're the disappointing son of Australian rugby at the moment. They're just frustrating. It's that's the best way to describe it. I mean, they should have won beat the Highlanders as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mister, Mister, very, very obvious challenge. Oh, but let's get over that. The fact, the fact that the Highlanders <laughs> game is. The, the fact that nobody even looks like kicking a drop goal when you're 17 all, two minutes to go, inside the 22. Reese Hodges' only team. Reese, yeah, Reese Hodges' only team. Carter Gordon's probably kicked a couple in his lifetime as well. Downy. Anyway, they then come out and produce like the 80 minute performance that everyone's been asking. And it's like, where you have like a 1% chance of making finals, and this is the way you turn it up. <laughs> You had so many opportunities to put this together. It's frustrating because I love watching this team play because they are so entertaining. But, oh, if they just, for one of those games against the Kiwisides, when it was the Crusaders, a Blues, um, who else did they blow one against? I can't remember the time. Highlanders, I, I was very touched on. But the Hurricanes as well, super round. If just one of those games goes away, all of a sudden they're legitimately, legitimately controlling their own finals destiny. And it's a, but we're now sitting here being like, you know, they need a miracle to make finals. And we're sitting here going, well, it's, it feels like it's a backwards season when it really shouldn't given how, how many players are taking significant steps and how much kind of their style of play has just come on leaps and bounds and probably defied our initial expectations of how competitive they can be. But yeah, again, you're realistically now going to finish probably 10th or 11th and you're thinking, Okay, this season might be might be considered a failure as a result. They they deserve so much better. Mm-hmm. Nick, Nick, do you have any other quick words for the rebels? <laughs> it's a it's a broken record. I'm gonna I'm gonna not repeat myself too much because for every single podcast over the last three or four weeks, I've just been so frustrated at the inconsistency of the rebels. Um, just, oh, just we'll just cut can, it out. I'll just cut it out from just, the last I reckon one. we can just <laughs> you can cut this bit out, but I will say that pretty much the moment they lost that game to the Highlanders, I'm like, you this is it. that's your season. You're done. You're not gonna make finals. And then of course they go out and then flog the living daylights out of the Western Force. Who if they had if the force had won that game, I think they would have probably got into a position where they were unassailable in terms of being like will have ended up in finals so ironically that result might mean that the force now miss out on a maiden finals berth as well if they uh if they go down to the chiefs which uh you know they're yes they're at home and they haven't lost at home but who knows but god if this is as late a run as you could possibly make it so credit to them it's a bold strategy cotton also so rebels as well so so rebels Last so bloody rebels. Okay, you know what? Screw it. We're gonna go for it. Big, big Melbourne culture. Um, okay, so uh finally, uh let's talk about the force. Um beat the Brumbies two weeks ago and lost to the Rebels. I think we've kind of covered both games. Unless we've got anything more to talk about um the force. I mean uh Isaac Rodder came back. 
that that's positive. He looked good. Got a nice charge down that ended up in Spink's second try. Um, I, I feel like we could say the exact same thing for the, for the Rebels. I get yeah. an undefeated team at home, but as soon as they go away, again, it's the Fijian draw press all over. Just, again, this is, just, honestly, this has been a week where, again, if any Rebels fan, I don't mean this literally, but it generally the worst possible results happened this week. We had a chance to have the Western Force go into, go into seventh or go into sixth and seventh. They just said, book a spot in the finals. Reds likewise. Um, you know, Brumbies contesting themselves with the top, with the top of the table and could have a real statement. And all of it lost. And you're sitting there going like, oh, and don't forget we've lost a potential Welby's Bolter and Max Jorgensen um, and Liam Wright. Um, Alan Altoa's got a calf in- injury, so he could be stuffed. We don't know how severe that is. Um, yeah, it's just one of those weeks where you just kind of just like, you know, we had such a high with all the, you know, Reds beating the Chiefs and, you know, Brumby's building momentum. Tars are putting four in a row. And it's just this all this traditional, you know, two, three weeks out from the finals where it's just a massive kick straight in the nuts. And you're just like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And I had to pay $720 in traffic fines this week too. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> when it rains, it pours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mate, two two weeks ago on the Vivid. Yeah, it's yeah. It's got to Vivid. <laughs> so I get you. Um, but, yeah, Tom Robinson... Uh, doesn't look good. And then also, we were discussing before, um, next year he's going to go to Oxford to do, yeah. uh, what was it, a Bachelor of uh, Tropical Medicine? No, a, a, a Doctor of Tropical Medicine. Doctor, so a, a Doctor of International Health. Ma- yeah. No, Master of International Health and Tropical Medicine. You can tell we do our research here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the only, ironically, the only way we found this was, you know, the Deacon source information, Wikipedia, all of a sudden, yeah, he's... <laughs> I, I don't know how that's going to kind of go with his rugby, but, you know, given he's just done his ACL, he probably wasn't going to be playing in the first place. But, yeah, I mean, cre- fair credit to him. Like, that's that's an incredible achievement, you know, bringing the IQ up for props everywhere. So, fair play to him. Yeah, um, totally. Um, and, Nick, this is for you. I'm going to give you some fun facts. You ready? I just found this fun fact. Nick, you got to indicate that you're ready. Um, my... I'm always ready. Okay. So, leading try scorers this year. Uh, the highest placed players playing for Australian teams, they've scored eight tries. Who are those two players? My, the my, highest. So, the equal fifth on the try scoring chart. Oh. Oh, I didn't realise we were going to come straight into a have a, have a pop quiz yeah. for... Uh, for this yeah. for this season, <laughs> oh, that's a great. Can I have a guess as well? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go after Nick. I'll go after Nick. I've got one. Na- I've got one name loaded, but so well, I'd have to say Corey O'Toole would have to be one of them. Yeah, yeah, sure he's would. one. But he is actually he's got an average of zero point six seven tries a game. Oh, is there someone okay. higher? And then someone else. I think I- is it? Oh, oh, uh, yeah, I think it, it, it's know, not a coincidence. I think I, I think I know. It's it's not a. Could I be saying it's not a fluke that this guy has this record? <laughs> no, it's not. Josh oh, Fluke. really? It's no. not Josh Flu. Because he started he started out like 
six tries from four games. I would have assured you he'd been there. Nah. So these are nah. Who who else would be there? Then? Well, it, yeah. So okay. Well, I'm assuming it's. Do, not do you someone... want a clue? Yeah, give us a clue. Um, yeah. He's playing for an Australian team, but he's not Australian. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then I'm going to narrow it down and say he's working. He's playing at the Force. Then. Mm-hmm. Um. It's. Fuck. Um. Not Spink. The other British. The other Kibberigi. Yeah. Kip, it's yeah. Kibberigi. Yep. Is that him? Is was yeah. it him? Yeah. He's got oh, that sweet. Tries. How? How has he scored so many? I know. How oh, he's not. a freak. He's <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, it's one of those ones. I. He's just. He just. His connection with Simpson early in the season. He just scored a whole bunch of. A bunch of them. So again, great, great player. They need type of player. They need to try and like lock down long term. Just stay there. He's just. He's just got. Just got pace. Absolute burners. Yeah, I'd actually like to do a deep dive and try to find out who he scored against. I've got a feeling probably against Moana. He's got a couple, but... Um, um, I would say, give me 30 seconds. Ooh. I, I was going to say, I think he scored a lot in a row. Um, so, yeah, he so he went through a period where he scored in six games in a row. Damn. So, and, like, solid teams as well. Like, again, scored against the Reds, Highlanders, Blues, and then put a double on the Hurricanes. Scored against the Waratahs, and then a double on the Reds again. So, those eight those eight tries are in six games. Hasn't scored since, which is again three or four games. I, I know Nick. We talked about it a bit with the Reds, but I really love that there's just a couple of English guys playing for the Force. Like that's so cool. And Santiago Medrano is also there. I just it makes him so much more exciting because you will see Medrano at the World Cup. And if you're a Force fan, you go, oh, "Hey, yeah, it's Medrano. He's my boy." It's funny you mention that. I think we might have mentioned this before, but I believe there was we, 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 there was a podcast that Pick and Drive did with Simon Cron, and they basically talked about how WA is effectively expat communities. That's a lot of what like because people are there because of the mining community, of the mining boom, and uh, you know it's an area that is kind of very much a transit, a place in, in transit to it. So there's people from all over the all over the world there. So it makes sense to actually have a club that is filled with I mean, players like that, this. That applies to Sydney and Melbourne as well. But but it's not as... I don't think it's as explicit. I mean, it's it's a bit more noticeable because it's like... Obviously, it's not as big a city as like Sydney or Melbourne. Mm. So it kind of makes a bit more... Like you've got your more of your fly-in, fly-out workers and stuff like that. Um, and workers who come in from all over the world, so it kind of makes a bit more sense to have a have a squad that is kind of like that. We're getting to the best part of any season, which is final round, where we get to make some bold predictions. Well, actually, no, not bold predictions. This is going to be spicy. It's going to be uh, chili flakes, at least. Bit of spice. Bit of spice, mate. Um, no so no we're just going to <laughs> what? No no spice. No space. Uh, um, so we're just going to go down the ladder. Um, we're going to go through all the fixtures, but we'll talk about the teams when we get to that team on the ladder. So first on the ladder, the Chiefs, they're on 54 points. Uh, actually, hang on. No, 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 sorry. They can't be beaten. They're at first, they're going to win the comp, which means that they in finals will play whoever comes out at home. So second yep. is the Crusaders. 
They're on 47 points. Um, just below them are the Blues on 42 points. So what ha- if the Blues win and the Crusaders lose, Blues could come second. Uh, they get a bonus point win, of course. So oh, the- that, that's, it's an outside also- chance. It's an outside chance, though, because they've got because there's a five-point difference between them, so there has to be a bonus point win, and the Crusaders have a mere 40-point, nearly 30 or 40 points lead on them in points. Hey, well, look, it could so it have to be a... So I the mean, Crusaders it's the Islanders. Pl- the Crusaders it is the plan. Islanders. Yeah, it is. It is. Nick, stop getting in the way of the narrative. So, Crusaders <laughs> are playing the Hurricanes in Wellington, uh, second game on Saturday. Um, I reckon the Crusaders are going to win this one. Yeah, yep. I tend to agree. And I think Hurricanes, that's I've got them down as losing bonus point. That's probably fair. Yeah, like yeah. Hurricanes, Hurricanes can know how to sort of hang on a fight. So I reckon that, that I reckon that's fair. I agree. Nick, agree? Yeah, pretty much. Unless Geordie Barrett has a, a flyer. Yeah. Um. So that means Crusaders would come second. Uh. So below them, Blues. Blues currently on forty-two points. Now this is kind of interesting. Three, four, and five Blues, Brumbies, Hurricanes are all kind of in the mix. They could swap positions. So Blues, let's start with them. They're going to play the Highlanders. I reckon that's going to be a win, but not a bonus win. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. A win by going to the Highlanders getting a bonus point. It's like it's going to be like a like a 28-19 win or something like that. Something where it's like close-ish, like neither team gets a bonus point, but the Blues still win. Yeah. Uh, Highlanders soon to be renamed Aaron Smith featuring the Highlanders. Um, the, Aaron, the Aaron Smith Memorial team. <laughs> Brumbies will play the Rebels. So the Brumbies are currently one point behind the Blues. So if the Brumbies get a bonus point win, uh, that means they may take over the Blues. I'm not sure about the point difference between them. No. not a, Like, the, the points difference is, is 82. Oh, okay. That's not happening. Well, the Crusaders what, beat the Waratahs 82-10 or something once, right? So it could happen. So it could happen. Uh, never say never, but we'll, we'll call we'll call it an outside chance. But if the Brumbies do beat the Rebels by... Actually, no, sorry, we just went over that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so Brumbies playing the Rebels, as we discussed before. What do we think? Win? Bonus point win? Losing bonus point for the Rebels? No, nah, re- losing... I can losing point, bonus point for the Rebels. They were sort of... They like keeping it tough against the Brumbies. Like, we saw what happened at Amy Park. I reckon they keep it close, but Brumbies still win. Nicholas? Yeah, I'd agree. Um, Really? But that being said, I think that there is enough there for the Rebels to to poke some holes in the Brumbies' defence. Particularly, I reckon that, that, again, that Carter-Gordon-Noel-Alessio battle is going to be really interesting. Um, really curious to see how that goes again. <laughs> Carter yeah. who? Carter who? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Carter who? Who knows? Um, but I'd be curious to see if uh, if they if they come the fisticuffs, uh, or if it's uh, just a good old fashioned case of the Brumbies being too strong in Canberra again. I want a Brumbies. I, I, I think a Brumbies win. Or who was that? Um, who was that ice skater who got her rival's leg broken? Oh, Tonya Harding. Yeah, maybe a bit of Tonya Harding. Yeah, day before, just they hire someone to go to Carter's room. Yeah, or maybe it'll be like when Mo waits in the bathroom and then hits Burns on the yeah, back. Yeah, they they, they catch him, the they back. catch him and 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 cut his hair, and then all of a sudden <laughs> he lost his magical powers. 
But also no, makes, him, makes him stronger. Yeah. It makes him stronger. <laughs> he evolves. Um, like... <laughs> so, next game. Um, actually, sorry, next on the list is Hurricanes. So... The Brumbies currently on 42 points. The Hurricanes currently on 37 points. So the Hurricanes could catch up the Brumbies. Can I get a a, goal, a point difference check on that? 41. Um, Brumbies got. And how much the Hurricanes got? No, the 37. Point, point difference. Oh, no, uh, no the Hurricanes, Hurricanes are a lot better than the, than the Brumbies, but they've got to play the Crusaders. Yes. So And we said they'll lose. So that would put them at 38 points. Sigmund fifth. Tars, as we discussed before, are on 36 points and they can't move. Uh, so the Hurricanes are on 37. Actually, no, so the Tars are on 32, 31 points. Hurricanes are on 37. Below the Tars are the Reds on 24. So there's no way they can move up or down. And they're going to play Mona Pacifica. So I said that's going to be a bonus point win, not that it affects anything. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I agree as well. Leave, uh, leaves, so- the, leaves the Tars being just completely average at 7-7. Seven and seven. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Um, so, just as I mentioned then, Reds are on 24. Reds are playing away to the draw. Now, I've got the Reds to lose, by lose, but win a bonus point. See, this is where I differ. I think the Reds can get it done. I was, a game we haven't spoken about, I was not impressed by Fiji against Moana Pacifica. When Moana should have won that game. I had Christian Lee Leofano been able to spot that goal on the siren. I think the Reds just have enough quality. Like, the Drua, I think they'll, they'll learn the lesson from the Suncorp game. Like, they get dragged into the style that Drua likes to play, but I think they've got a, the team suits it just to play that kind of, that 10-man type of a game, keep it in tight, dash through the forwards, um, you know, you throw Sarah Uru in at six, um, and all of a sudden you get a, get a monster forward back that can, that can handle whatever the Fijians will throw. I reckon, oh, I'll back the Reds to get a win, but only only just. Nick? Oh, this is a tough one. I I do think it's going to be a close one as well, uh, regardless of who wins or, or not. I do think the Drua have been pretty much since that loss against the Force. Um, they've, they've not been firing on all cylinders. Um, if there is any place to do it, if there is any occasion to do it, it's here and it's now, effectively. Um, for the drawer. And I think, you know, bar the blues, nobody else has been able to go over to Fiji and win successfully. So, oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, uh, I reckon the drawer are going to get it done. I reckon the drawer are going to do it. Okay. Bonus point win? Red's got a no. bonus point I reckon, yeah, I reckon Reds, it'll, it'll be a close one. It'll be a very close one. I reckon the Reds will get a bonus point for their efforts, um, okay. which they probably will critically need. Uh, but, yeah, I reckon the Drew will get it done and go and go for, and get into a maiden finals berth. So, so Nathan, so in your prediction, you reckon the, the Drew would get a bonus point loss? Um, yes. Okay, okay. Okay, sorry, I'm just calculating here. Just calculating. Fans out there, just hang on a minute. Um, okay, sorry. Uh, and then who else is there? We've got the, the Rebels. Rebels, sorry. I mean, Highlanders, so, Highlanders have already said. We reckon yeah. that's going to be a Yeah, bonus so point. Highlanders said would, uh, well, bonus point or lose. So they're currently on 23 points. So one point below the Reds, and they're in eighth. 
so they need to get a result because um, there's lots of lots of uh, teams nipping at their heels. So Nick, sorry, do you reckon that they won't get a, the bonus point there? At the, Blues? the Highlanders, yeah, the Blues. Uh, no, I, I reckon the I reckon the Blues are going to get it done. All right, I'm going to say just for uh, Devils' argument's sake, you're going to say plus one. Just when we go through the permutations of what could happen, though, right? So, uh, Force, they're on 22 points. So, they're playing the Chiefs. So, I put them down to actually get a losing bonus point. See, I've gone one further. I think think they're going to win. The Chiefs. Oh, okay. Okay. I think the Chiefs are going to rest a whole bunch of players. With nothing on the line, there is no incentive to really kind of come out and... Yes, I know they rested a whole bunch against the, the Reds like three weeks ago. But real, realistically, why would you send a full strength team out there? You can't be ca- you can't be caught. This is the perfect kind of freshen up game. You play you're playing away as well. Mm-hmm. I don't see any incentive for them to put out a full strength side. When but on the counter, you then have a fourth side, which hopefully get Mandrano back. I'm not sure how severe his injury is. He he'd go a long way to just shoring up the front row. Everything to play for at HBF Park. You know, knowing a win gets you through, that's enough for me. Nick, do you agree? Well, it's it's interesting to note here, statistically, up until this point, the Force are actually the most successful team at home. Yeah. They're the only side to not have dropped a game at home, um, which bewilders me, frankly. Um, but also, well done them um, for, for doing it. And... Uh, for, for achieving that because, you know, even, even the Chiefs have lost at home this year. So I, I do anticipate anticipate a close game. I do not think, though, that the Chiefs are going to rest players. I think that mm-hmm. there is... Uh, I think that there is a question of, of momentum of building into finals. And I think that even though they are... Uh, they can't be caught, I think that... It would be a big, uh, it would be it would have a big impact on their, on you know morale and team momentum if they were to drop a game here. I think the Chiefs will rest some players, but they'll send a pretty a pretty close to full strength squad, and I think they're going to get the job you done. You can imagine their B team is probably as good as the Force A team. Well, their um, their depth is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, still back the Force at home. I said yeah. keep the keep the un, unbeaten record going. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Rebels, oh no, so Drew are 10th, they're on 21 points. So they're only three behind the red. So they're playing on the week, on the weekend. Um, so I've got, look, if they beat the reds at home and the Highlanders and force both lose, they're in the final at eight, which would be a cracker. Um, and then 11th Rebels, they're on 21 points. So, again, on the same points as the Drua. Um, we've said they'll lose to the Brumbies, though. So, it looks like they'll stay out in 11th. And then Moana Pacifica, who are on four points. I I you know, think. I think Moana... Can, I, really, I think Moana, they're leaving the late run. They run late. But I reckon they're a good shot. I reckon they're a shot of making finals. <laughs> I reckon they really are. I think there's, there's something to this squad. Nathan. 
I'm, I'm not being serious. The bonus point try, the, the bonus point for try is stacks, right? So if yeah, you score eight still... more tries, you get two points. So they'd only they have to still... score uh, they can get 800 they can tries get... more than the Waratahs. So they've got to score a try, <laughs> 10 tries a minute, try every six seconds. It's a game where nothing, they they make the game. nothing changes. Like, the, the, like Waratahs are not going to move anywhere if they lose. Uh, it, um, Moana Pacifica isn't going to move anywhere if they lose. It's just literally playing for pride. But if we were to turn the competition into uh, who gets through based on losing bonus points, if Moana ends up with a losing bonus point, they top the ladder. Like, they top the ladder. It's a, it's a really great measurement <laughs> of the competition, and I think uh, they're a legitimate shot. But no, uh, I, I still think they're going to, uh, you know, they've got to send off their, this, their, their, their last game for their, co- their current coach or soon-to-be uh, coach um, Aaron Morgan in style. They want to try and send him off with a win because it has been a, a very tough, long campaign. And, you know, I think it's going to be a real year of, of finishing up and, and moving on and, and starting again uh, for next season. So I reckon they'll, they've got nothing to lose. I reckon they're going to throw everything at it. I'm just calculating your tables. Give me a quick... We've got the Casio. We've got the human Casio right here. Yeah, I'm not Casio. using Excel for some reason. I'm just the human Casio calculator. Brain. The old noggin. So, again, what could possibly go wrong here? What could possibly nothing. go wrong? I didn't extension but... maths, guys. Leave me alone. Ooh, step back. But I will I will say this yeah. point while Nick is calculating. Mm-hmm. Um you we talk we talk as much as we like about the kind of six team uh, six or eight team what should the finals be. But the fact that we can now go to a a final round and five out of six games actually have an impact on something, it's entertaining. Like it's you now is it gonna be good to see a team with five wins get in? No. It should <laughs> not happen. But you know what? At least there's something riding on these last these final round games. Mm. That's a, that's a positive ent- take out of it. Yeah. Am I entertained? Yes, I am. I am entertained. That's what matters. It's fun at the end of the day. <laughs> that's mm. it. That's all that matters. Um, okay, so I tallied them up a bit. So under my uh, predictions, which is Drew wins, Red winning losing uh, losing bonus point, and Force losing bonus point, that would see the Drew uh, above the Reds, I believe. Oh, no, 24, 25, yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be... Oh. Yeah. That's some great, great content. Sorry, if they're, sorry yeah, content. amazing content. <laughs> so, under my predictions, I've got here that the uh, Drua will be up, uh, below the Reds on 8th and the Reds will be 7th. Uh, under Nathan's predictions we've got the reds at seventh and the force at eighth and nick under your predictions we've got the drawer at at the drawer uh oh no it's just like mine so nick under your predictions we've both got reds and drawer at seven and eight so it kind of looks like from how it will play out. I mean, not to put it down, but definitely watch it. I think the Force winning or not, uh, which is the last game of the round, will really put a spanner in the works. Uh, because Red and Drew are playing each other. Highlanders are probably going to lose, and Rebels, we 
likely to lose as well. I, I appreciate Nathan's optimism. And I think uh, before the last round, I was really hoping, I, I was given a taste of four Aussie teams in finals. Um, and now I'm staring down the barrel of it being, you know, being a lot less than that. So uh, I, I actually think that, you know, resting my, seeing who they're up against, I see the Drua having a much better shot of making finals than the Force do. Yeah, so that would mean uh, Chiefs Drua quarterfinal, a Crusaders yes. Reds quarterfinal, a Blues Tars quarterfinal, and a Brumbies Hurricanes quarterfinal. Ooh. Interesting. Uh, some good matchups there. Yeah, there's yeah, some great so, matchups there. Yeah, um, but then if the Force get in, so the Force would get in, uh, just sneak in. It looks like, according to Nathan's one, they would replace Drew, so they'd be playing the Chiefs. So that might be interesting. They have to play the Chiefs uh, two times in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So it happened last year with the Reds and Crusaders. Yeah. Why not again? I think we don't lost. talk about that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but I lost both games. And if it would happen at this time, the... Wait, no. Yeah, no, yeah. The Force would have at least won one of the games, so it's a distance. Mm. So, uh... Let me, let we... me dream, goddammit. I will. I will. <laughs> I will, mate. Dream with me, please. <laughs> me and Tolu. <laughs> Um, okay, thank you for that. Uh, if you've got any predictions, if you reckon what's going to go on, make sure to leave us a comment on um, Elon Musk's Twitter. Okay, moving on. Um, under 20s. So let's talk about this. Um, again, I was working, which means I can't watch rugby. But you two... I wait, so, Nick, you work in rugby now, so you can watch games and work and get paid for it? It's, it's a tough life. It's a tough life that I lead. But no, this was uh, this was streamed via... What was the name of the stream, Nathan? It was like... It, um, like there, wasn't it... actually, there wasn't actually like a commentary or a shot clock or uh, anything, really. It was one of those ones. I was streamed by the New Zealand Institute of Sport. And it's... Don't worry. The second game's like on stand. It's going to be a lot more high def, like proper technology. You know, someone actually following the ball other than... I don't know what was what camera work was being done, but you know what? It doesn't matter. The result is all that matters. And the junior Welby's getting the job done. How how far out? How good? Like oh, this shot in the arm after the weekend we had. Absolute shot in the arm. Um, just the perfect tonic. Oh, beautiful tonic. Combine like a lovely gin and tonic. Just clean. And a, a performance built off off a dominant scrum. Oh, how it's good! The it's best, th- and the best part was as well was like this. There was a period of time in those closing stages where the the the, the junior wallabies were reduced to thirteen men, and the New Zealand team were just hounding that line. They were like they were really going hammer and hammer and tong at it. But credit to the the boys, they just knew how to turn the ball over. They were really good at knowing when to pick and choose the attacking their attacks at the rock. And, you know, that proved a huge difference. Fantastic defensive effort in the closing stages. Just so much to like and just such a great result. Um, uh, happy. Unreal. And 
the thing as well, this this Junior Wallabies team can only get better as well. Like there is, so you're gonna have Derby Lancaster probably come in for this game on Saturday. You then have further Junior um, Under Twenties World Champs next month. Um, Tom Liner coming at ten. Would have been Max Jorgensen at fifteen, but we're now in the injury. Um, Marley Pierce has been real good fun from the force. He'll still come into that front row and make it even better. Like there's Taj Annan started off the bench. He in regular starter for the Reds, hundred percent would be starting uh, at a World Cup. You'd think for the under twenties. Um, like there's so much talent that can still come into the squad. Floyd Avery as well, Aubrey as well. He's had a taste of Super Rugby. There's still t- there's still talent to come in and improve the side. Like again, naturally will be will be for the Kiwis as well. Like that's without a given, but. Great sign. Great great early sign for this team. Because, you know, last year they got smacked by 50 by the Kiwis. To now say we've got a win in New Zealand? Great result. Yeah, so what's their next game, Nathan? So there's one on Saturday. Um, it is at, well, it's the curtain raise before that Hurricane um, Chief Crusaders game we're talking about, sorry. Um, I think it's a two two thirty game on stand, on stand sports, so we can actually follow it properly. And is there, oh, nice. Um, I can watch it. Uh, so is there any reason why they're playing over there at the moment? This is a bit of a surprise to me. So this is, it's the prep before the Under-20 World Championships, which are coming back next month in South Africa. So it's essentially they're just keeping... They're, so they're in camp last week on the Gold Coast. Um, and, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, continuing to build towards that. Um, I can't remember Australia's group off the top of my head, but from memory, it's quite a difficult one. Um, but, yeah, it's just, again... Preparations, getting combinations together, and you know something which yeah, I don't think many people knew about. But now that we've won, it's the most important game out there. Yeah, they 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 do. It's against in their their pool. They've got England, um, Ireland, and Fiji. So no easy games there at all. Uh, no, none. What's like that's a. Jeez, that's the a pool. One. It's um, the pool of. In all honesty, looking at all of the pools here in front of us, the that's a. Probably it is maybe comparable to Pool A with France, Wales, and New Zealand, but that's a proper pool of death. Yeah, and when yeah. you can see the Irish, Irish have just gone through the under twenty six nations undefeated, so that's a lot of fun. So we're gonna, they're gonna have to be on on their game, but it's a great first start. Well, it's great that uh, I was actually gonna joke that oh, there's no way to build confidence and playing the All Blacks in New Zealand before a World Cup, but, you know, they won. So that's probably its real roll of the dice there. Um, just a quick comment about the under-20s that I just wanted to say. that Nate, So Nathan Gray is our coach, and, you know, he was previously the Wallabies defence coach before that Waratahs defence coach. Um, I just want to contrast him... Okay, it's just one game, but I, I want to contrast that with Stephen Larkham going overseas and coming back to the Brumbies. Uh, what are your thoughts about, you know, um, players just keeping coaches in the system and if they don't work somewhere, you know, keeping trust in them or faith in them and moving them somewhere else just to see if they're showing there? I think it works for different people. Like, yeah, there's only so many of those jobs around. And, you know, Larkham, I think, did a bit of stints in the 20s or around that 20s program as well. So, like, he had a, he had a taste of it. Um but I think ultimately you've got it's a global game. You've got to kind of expand your market, expand your kind of skills sometimes by heading overseas. And, you know, he's Bernie's come back and seems a lot more refined coach than when he's left. So mm-hmm. 
I think it just depends what works for the person. Like it's clearly working for Gracie being down the twenties and it's clearly worked for um Larkin coming back. So I think it's just it's a case by case situation. Well, you know, Richard Graham's over coaching the Georgian attack, so let's see what happens. I have to wait and see for the World Cup, see yeah, how yeah, yeah. now. A lot more pass it to the prop. Um <laughs> Uh, so, sorry, just before we move on um, as well, actually, we are moving on, but talking about, so you said the under-20s game is going to be the, the opener to the Hurricanes game uh, this weekend. Uh, the fee, the, uh, the Wallaroos open to the Fijiana for the Waratahs. Let's just talk a little bit about that. I mean, it was two weeks ago. I think the only real... Turn, uh, key closing points on it was just just a fantastic game first and foremost, um, but also uh, very much a game that met the occasion um, in many ways, shape and fo- shapes and forms. Um, first of all, a great sign off to Shannon Parry uh, and what an absolute stellar career uh, that she has had. Um, it's just so nice to send her out as a winner um, in such a fantastic, in such a great in such great fashion. I think second of all, the fact that what was particularly impressive about this uh, about this performance is just how many of the young guns stood up. It felt like a bit of a torch-passing moment. And as, you know, the, the, the girls get more and more and more games, it was just such a fantastic uh, chance to just see the likes of, you know, Maya Stewart's and, and the equivalent just absolutely stand up and produce fantastic, uh, a fantastic performance. And the fact that it was, it was such an emphatic win um, as well uh, really get, makes you feel like the future of the Wallaroos are in good hands. It was a really great game. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, the Echonics thought, shout out Ash Masters as well. I mean, you know, all of a sudden moves from hook and a blind side and turns into an absolute monster. Um, and, like it's just, but that's one of a cast of a thousand that really performed, and again, another one, another team just building nicely before their next game, um, to start the pack four against New Zealand in Redcliffe in a couple of weeks' time. So, yeah, it's going to be a positive steps for them heading forward, and yeah, as you said, it feels like a new era coming out of the World Cup. So, exciting stuff. Should we add as well that was that like the first actual professional game for the Wallaroos, like? Oh, under since, new the, new, since yes. the new contract, since the new, yes. so that was their first time, first game as actual professionals, uh, same professionals, yeah. Very it showed, good. it showed, yeah. didn't it? It showed. <laughs> Talk about World Fifteen. Um, I'm not sure what to say about this. Quay didn't get injured. Samu kind of did, but not too bad. And Eddie Jones said he likes him as well. Nathan, you've got all the facts. Take over. Let's again. Simon, so Simon's done some into his calf. We don't know how severe it is, but it is it is a concern. Again, he only had minimal minutes coming back from Japan. Only played in one or two games. So you're hoping it's only only minor. Again, you've got to wonder how that kind of goes in, the, in this kind of selection wise. But as you said, Eddie seemed to like him, so and shouldn't be any problems there. Um, but it was on the game itself. Again, fun game. It's a little. This is what these games always are. Shout out the ref for, who just let any knock on just go. It's just like, oh, ah, yeah. It's sweet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Two, two meter forward pass? Yeah, play on. Wait, are we talking about the Highlanders game? Or... Oh, okay, sorry. 
My so my notes page is running out. I've actually only got two questions for you, Nick. Another one's going to be a pop quiz, and now you're going to answer it first. Uh, but the first one is <laughs> it's not a real question, but it seems all indications are that Hooper, Michael Hooper, who's going to play his last game for the Tars next week. Well, you know, we don't know really how that's going to pan out. Um, but there's talk that he might do sevens. Mm-hmm. He was thinking, apparently, he was thinking back on Japan, and he said, oh, no, no, no. And he's thinking about sevens in Paris in 2025. Have you guys heard about this? Have you seen about this? I have heard about this. Um, I think, in, in all honesty, considering where he's at um, athletically, I mean, he, he would be someone who would be well suited to sevens, but yeah. will he be able to keep pace? I don't know. I think, personally, I think he's, he's more likely to, uh, you know, rugby's a. a a, a short, a relatively short career in the greatest scheme of your life, and I figure now's the time to cash in while you still can. I think he'll go to Japan. Nathan, so I, I tend to agree. I'd like to see him go to sevens. I think if anyone can do it straight up, just the, just from a fitness perspective, he's always seemed to have that base, which is so suited to, to sevens. Yeah, you know, his ability over the ball is unreal. Um, when you put him in that one-on-one situation when you've not got, you know, you. Team in sevens, teams can't commit two or three people just to kind of clear him out and sort out the problem. So, like, it's I think it's it'd be great. I mean, what a way to like hype up the Olympic program if you bring him in, get Corey Tool back, um, get Marky in there, even Samu. Like, that's a mm. gun team. Mm. I, I would, I'd love to say it. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so pop quiz, Nick, you ready? There's also been yes. some talk that they're going to expand the ghetto law from three to five. Mm-hmm. Who would you bring in to the Wallabies? Oh, good question. Um, someone, I'll add to this. I, I saw this online somewhere, but someone said we don't need Cora Betty. So why get They're him? an idiot. Uh, yeah. They're an, they're <laughs> an, they're an idiot. Someone, that, someone that works for you said that, Nick. So <laughs> yeah. watching out. Well, I, I think well, his name was uh, C. Doran. I'm not sure. Anyway, no, let's agree. Such way. Well, look, <laughs> thank God, thank, thank God we did. have nah. differing opinions. Yeah, nah. thank, thank God we have differing opinions in that regard. No, uh, Cora Betty would definitely be one. Uh, Quade Cooper would be one. Samu Karevi would be one. Uh, I would would be my first three. Um, I do think uh, that we need to kind of look at some of our options in the in the forward pack as well. God, Will Skelton's been looking good. I know that he hasn't been able to translate that over to Wallaby's success in the times that he's been on tours, but I cannot deny uh, how good They're he has so been looking. They're so wet for him over in Europe. Oh, they love I mean, him. They love and him then so I saw much. that exact, what you just said, Nick, the exact comment. People like, the reason we don't go crazy for him is he didn't, he, you know, doesn't shine for the Wallabies. He doesn't well, suit the style. You don't th- so, so you wouldn't pick him, Nathan? Oh, I'd take him 100%. Like, so let's not get it wrong. Like, if, again, I completely agree with your picks right now. Like, it's, but that's people, people in Europe act like, why wouldn't you play him? Why don't you do that? And it's exactly what you said. He just doesn't, he hasn't, but they see, see him as this giant killing world beating titan. The reality is he's, Lara Shell's game is built around his strengths. So he shines. The Australians play a super rugby style, high paced, high energy, which he doesn't shine with. And when you consider the balance of the back row as well, having a non-lifting second row, sorry, non-jumping second row, you could be playing Valentini and maybe Harry Wilson in the same team, two people who aren't n- notorious line-out jumpers. 
it limits you in that aspect. But if you're picking five, I 100 agree with you. Yeah, I just uh, yeah, I'd put him in. But uh, I'm trying it? to so I'm trying to think four? of the last. Is that four? That's so four. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of one more. I'm actually I'm kind of stumped because I'm I'm trying to think that there's a forward. There's a particular forward who I'm, uh, who is escaping me. Harry uh, Hocking. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. No, no, no. Hocking, like it, it, a prop. Like he a, played a, in a, the barber. I think. I'm gonna say Scott Sayo is, is a decent shout considering how many loose yeah. heads we've had. I feel like there's a, prop, my... there's a prop. There's an overseas prop who I'm missing that I think is also in there as well. And I think I, I don't like, uh, but adding to that, even though. I'd say Harry Hocking would be a fantastic pick. Um, I was going to say, if, if my fifth isn't Scott Say, I would, I, he would be Bernard Foley. Just, he's killed Japan. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's been unreal over there. And, you know, ten still open, so reward the hot, hot hand and have him in there as a third option. Yeah, you'd still say he's our second best fire half, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have, have a group of him, Carter, and Quaid. You're set. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was pretty easy then. Uh, try to scratch your noggin for that guy, Nick. Um, but yeah. Um, speaking of Williams, uh, William Skelton, that final seemed like crazy. He said that the final of like the what's it, the Champions Cup in Europe, so the best teams in Europe, and uh, I think Leinster. It was Leinster and La Rochelle. So La Rochelle is Will Skelton's team. And Leinster were leading 21-0 after 30 minutes or something like that. And La Rochelle came back to beat them by a point. I think it was like 27-28, something like that. Crazy. Um, I can't imagine how much adrenaline and nerves fans would have spent watching that game. And again, for a population, a town of just over 80,000 people, like... At least half of them were at the celebrations afterwards. Look up the video if you haven't seen it. It's yeah, because they won last year, didn't they? So, yeah, that's crazy. Mm. Great, great. Thanks for listening once again, everybody. Uh, let us know who you think will get into the finals before Friday, obviously, before the games. And also let us know who would be your top five picks if you got the got to choose, if you're Eddie Jones for a day. Anyway, th- again, thank you for listening and hope you have a great week. And... Come on. The... No, I think that's a really silly question. You know, rugby's a game of 15 players on the, on the field. When we're attacking, we're attacking weak defenders. We're looking for weak defenders. Why would we run at the strongest defenders? So if Martin's there and, and sorry, what's your name? Nick, and Nick's there, we're not going to run a Martin, are we? <laughs> <laughs>